So how many of you were not here last time? Was anybody not here? Okay. So a few. So for you guys, um, I would just encourage you to listen to Kristen's teaching because really what I'm going to share builds off of what she shared. Um, she talked a lot about how you need to know your kids. You need to spend time with them. You need to look in their little faces and figure out how God made them the way that God knit them together. Because um, tonight I'm going to talk about discipline. Lucky me. Um, Kristen and Joanna decided I'm the only one with little kids, so I should cover this topic. <laughs> um, so I kind of got it by default, but I obviously um, the Lord had me do it. So I'm going to do my best to cover that. Um, but yeah, before you can properly discipline your kids, you have to know them. You know, they're all so different. You guys, as moms, you know that. Um, I have a daughter who's seven and a son who's three, and they were our polar opposite people. Um, so yeah, I think that's just super important. Know your kids, and then we can tackle the discipline. Um, so I'm going to ask you all just to close your eyes real quick. We're going to visualize. So do you think you could, with your eyes closed, stand up and walk out of this room to the parking lot and get into your car? Anyone think you could successfully do that right now? Raise your hand. <laughs> no one? Okay. Then I don't even know I was going to say, but maybe someone knows this building super well. Could you then get in your car and drive home with your eyes closed? Of course not. You can open your eyes. It would be a disaster. So would our parenting journey be without the word of God. It would be an absolute disaster. Um, I love Psalm 119.105. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Praise God. We don't have to stumble through this parenting journey in darkness, but God's word gives us light and wisdom and guides us. It gives. It has all the wisdom we need to raise our sons and our daughters in a godly way in an increasingly dark world. I once said to my dad, who's Pastor Joe, I said, I think when I was pregnant with my daughter, you know, it's really a scary world to have kids right now. And that was seven years ago. And he looks at me and all he says was, well, Noah did it. <laughs> At first I thought, thanks a lot, Dad. You know, but like, thought, wow, it's true. You know, Noah, we're, we're taught in the Bible that the last days are going to be like the days of Noah. You know, and he had children in that crazy dark world. You know, so God's given us a job as moms to raise kids in righteousness, even though the days are increasingly dark. Um, we are using Charles Swindoll's book, Parenting from Surviving to Thriving. Did anyone get to read chapters three and four yet? It's totally fine if you didn't. <laughs> okay, awesome. So I'm going to cover mostly chapter three, which he, um, Swindoll, entitles Establishing a Life of Self-Control. And our main verse is Proverbs 13, 24. If you guys want to turn there with me, if you have your Bibles... So Proverbs 13, 24 says, 
He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. I'm going to really just break down this verse. Super simple. What is the literal meaning? Um, so he who spares his rod hates his son. The word for spares in the Hebrew means to withhold, to restrain, to hold back, to keep in check, to refrain. And the word rod is exactly what it says in the Hebrew. It's a rod, a staff, a branch, an offshoot, a club, etc. So it is a literal physical implement used in this context for the specific purpose of discipline. And I think it's really cool that word is rod or staff because it reminds me right away of Psalm 23. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me because our Heavenly Father disciplines us too. Um, so the first half is telling us if we withhold the literal physical implement used for the purpose of disciplining our children, we are actually hating them. Seems a little harsh, but the good news is we look at the second half of the verse, which says he who loves him disciplines him promptly. And this is really cool. The word promptly in the Hebrew is early or diligently. So the second half of the verse is telling us if we discipline our children early in their lives and diligently, we are actually loving them as God calls us to love them. So this verse is telling us if we withhold the literal physical implement used for the purpose of disciplining our children, we are hating them. But if we discipline them early in their lives and diligently, we are loving them. And there's a lot of verses throughout Proverbs that support this, um, that agree to reinforce this. Uh, I'll just go through some. You guys don't have to flip to all of them. But Proverbs 19, 18 says, Chasten your son while there is hope and do not set your heart on his destruction. Proverbs 22:15 says, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. Proverbs 23, 13-14 says, Do not withhold correction from a child, for if you beat him with a rod, there's the rod again, he will not die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. Proverbs 29:15 says, The rod and rebuke give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. And I want to really stress there the rod and rebuke. And Swindoll talks about this too. It can't just be one. It has to be both. You can't just spank a child without an explanation you know as mothers we know this but there has to be instruction there has to be that verbal correction and love that has to go with it the rod and rebuke they go together if you just have the rebuke without the rod you're gonna have a kid who's not disciplined who doesn't grow up to learn obedience and self-control so this is what scripture is telling us how to raise our children. Proverbs 29:17 says, "Correct your son, and he will give you rest. Yes, he will give delight to your soul." So, it's abundantly clear we need to discipline our children. 
But what is the purpose? We don't just discipline them to discipline them, right? That discipline accomplishes something. The verses I mentioned tell us that the combination of both correction and discipline, the rod and reproof, will do the following things. From those verses, it tells us the rod and reproof will drive foolishness out of a child's heart. <laughs> now, I think we all have experienced that um, with both of my kids at three years old, where I thought we were past these things. We, I had those moments. My daughter at three years old shoved a sticker up her nose and was not the type of kid to do that at all. Like she was the kid who as a baby would like find something on the floor and bring it to us, like never put anything in her mouth. But this one day she just decided she was gonna shove a sticker up her nose. And I was like, who are you? <laughs> this is totally not you to do this. And then my son, who is three, just last weekend, ate the paint off of my parents' front door. So <laughs> just bit down on it. And I thought, okay, I thought we were past these things, but this verse just reinforces there is foolishness in the heart of our children, and they need that to drive it out of them. Um, also, in these verses, we see that it will deliver his soul from hell. It will give wisdom. It gives rest and delight to the parent's soul. Even if in the moment it doesn't feel like it will, in the long run it will. And then also, aside from these verses, Swindoll stresses how the proper use of the rod and rebuke will help our kids to develop a life of self-control. And another important factor that discipline helps our children learn is to obey, to have a healthy fear and respect of their parents. And this development when they're young will help them learn to obey and respect the Lord as they get older. It's important to remember, and Swindle also mentions this, that we can do all of this right. But in the end, our children are still going to make their own decisions. You see so many Christian families who end up with prodigals, and that's not because they didn't do A, B, and C. It's because still children grow up and they make their own decisions. But we will not be accountable to the Lord for the decisions that our children make as adults. We're going to be accountable to the Lord for how we parented them while they were under our covering. And part of that accountability will be the early and diligent applying of the rod and reproof in their lives. So we see that we need to correct and discipline our children, and the result is a lot of positive fruit. Now, who can we look to as an example? Certainly other godly men and women, but ultimately God is our example here. He's the only perfect parent, and we should always look to his example first before any other. And any other wise counsel we get in this life will always agree with scripture. If you get any parenting advice that contradicts scripture, you can throw it out the window because the Lord is never going to contradict himself. And no one in the world is going to have anything wiser to say and how to raise your children than the Lord does. So I want to turn to Hebrews 12, if you guys will, and we're just going to work through a passage there 
We're going to look at verses 5 through 11. But I'm going to start with verses 5 and 6. So, verse 5 through 6 say, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. So God chastens or disciplines his children because he loves them, just as he tells us to discipline our own children out of love. In Proverbs 13, 24. And we are encouraged not to despise his chastening, not to be discouraged when he rebukes us. And that's when, not if, because he will. It's promised here. All of his children he will rebuke and chasten. Do we ever doubt God's love for us? Think of the times he has chastened you or rebuked you in your life. And there is the proof of his love and his involvement in your lives. I can remember one time specifically in my life when I was in college and I was hanging out with a guy that I shouldn't have been hanging out with. And in that time, I got some kind of bronchitis or some kind, I was so sick. I think I coughed for like three months and that, which was about the duration of the time I hung out with this guy, ironically not. Um, and I look back on that and think, wow, Lord, like you were really trying to get my attention. You know, all of you moms who are praying for your teenage college age kids, <laughs> it's working. Um, because that was me. And I'm so thankful the Lord loved me enough to chasten me in that season. He didn't leave me alone. He is the good shepherd. You know, it's that his rod and his staff, they comfort us. Even if it's uncomfortable in the moment, we can look back and th think, wow, Lord, you were there with me. You protected me from X, Y, and Z, whatever it may be. You know, um, so hopefully that's encouraged to you moms who have grown kids now too, because that's a whole nother ball game that I am not involved in yet. Um, so as moms looking to God as our example, our discipline of our children should always be reinforced with our love for them. And it should not discourage them just as the Lord loves us in disciplining us and he doesn't want us to be discouraged in his rebuke and his chastising Lord uh, towards us. Our children need to know that we are disciplining them because we love them. I'm going to mention some just practical things real quick, but encourage you guys um, to work through chapter three. Swindoll really hits a lot of practical things. Uh, the first thing I was going to mention is just never spank your kids when you're angry. You know, I, now that I have two kids, understand the term, just wait till your father gets home. Because <laughs> my husband would see me getting frustrated and say, look, like, 
just tell them I'll deal with it when I get home. And I was like, wow, I'm finally that mom. Like, just wait till your dad gets home. He's going to talk to you. Um, but it's true. If And if you're a single mom, find a friend, a godly woman, someone you can call and be accountable to that will pray for you when when you get frustrated and angry, because we do. There's no avoiding it. We're human. And our kids are crazy. Um, there's foolishness in their hearts. I remember thinking with my son at one point, like he, he, my daughter is an angel. She was all girl. You would like correct her once. She would never do it again. But my son is all boy, strong-willed. I'd have to correct him for like a month straight on some things. And I remember thinking, Lord, there must be something wrong with him. <laughs> and the Lord just spoke to my heart and was like, he has a sin nature. <laughs> like, he needs to be saved. That's his problem. And I just, okay, Lord, I need to pray for his salvation. Even at a young age, it's so important we pray for our kids that the Lord would save them. Um, and then also, second point, always get alone with your kids. Don't humiliate them in public. And I know it takes a lot of self-control, but try not to yell. <laughs> try to speak calmly and clearly because I feel like that communicates better to them. You know, I almost feel like a quiet, stern voice is scarier to them than if you just yell because we're almost always yelling, you know, from across the house or whatever. Um, so yeah, I think that is important also. And I always like catch myself and have always prayed, Lord, help me not to react to my kids, but to instruct them. You know, like when those situations come up where you're frustrated, I want to take those opportunities and use them to instruct my kids in the Lord and not just react, you know, because that's our flesh, our natural instinct. And then uh, the third point, sit down and talk to them about why you have to discipline them. Don't just spank them or whatever you do to discipline them. Um, talk to them. Remind them of the boundaries that were established because they need to be established beforehand for it to be fair for them. You know, do you remember when I said not to sit on your brother? Whatever it was, you know, what did I say would happen to you if you did that? Okay, so I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to discipline, you know, you know, because it's my job as your mom to teach you how to obey. Give them all the love they need. Remind them with your words how much you love them, how proud of them you are. Uh, and then the fourth thing, if you, again, in chapter three, read the chapter because Swindoll does a great job breaking down the clear difference between abuse and discipline, which I can't stress enough how important that is. And I'm sure there's some, bound to be someone in the room who's come from an abusive home who experienced that. So there is such a clear distinction between those two. And you never, never want to cross that line with your kids. Um, the fifth thing when is discipline necessary? Swindoll says on page 55, corporal punishment, which is just the technical term for disciplining or spanking your kids, corporal punishment should be used only to correct defiance and curb direct disobedience. 
So that's the thing, you know, and I feel like you can tell with your kids. I remember with both of my kids, they would get to that age where you could see that look in their eye of defiance, you know, <laughs> and you're like, okay, you know what you're doing. Um, you are being disobedient. And it was different for both of my kids, but again, you need to know your kids before you can really discipline them. So he makes a great point that we should never also should never punish our children for irresponsibility. Don't punish a four-year-old for being a four-year-old. You know, kids are crazy and they're going to break things and they're going to spill things and that's their kids. You know, we can't expect them to be anything that they're not. Um, I have made that mistake with my seven-year-old because she's the oldest and just recently had to sit down with her and say, honey, I'm sorry. Like, I... I think I expect you to be older than you are sometimes because, you know, you have a little brother and I I want you to know that you're, well, she was six at the time. And I said, you're six years old and you're only going to be little for a very short time. You're going to, and she so wants to be grown up too. But I said, you're going to have the rest of your life to be a grown up. But right now you need to have fun and you need to be little. And I'm sorry, you know, that I expected you and whatever the situation was to be older than you were. And that it so struck me, her response to me, like her eyes lit up. She like, anytime I apologize to my kids, it's like they need it, you know, like they eat it up. So be humble, you know, be honest with your kids. Um, the sixth, sixth thing, uh, know that you will make mistakes, like I was saying, and be quick to acknowledge them and ask forgiveness of your kids. I've, I've done this, especially again with my daughter who's older. And I'll sit down and, honey, I'm so sorry I got angry. I'm so sorry, you know, I raised my voice. Like, can you forgive me? And she's like saying yes before I can even finish the sentence, you know. But I have, it's just struck me every time how they need that and how that will help our kids to be able to come to us and ask forgiveness. You know, we don't put so much pressure on them to think that we are perfect in some way, you know, be honest with your kids. Um, and then use those opportunities to talk to them about the Lord's forgiveness, you know, how he loves us and he forgives us. And it feels so good, you know, like talk to them in kids terms. And for you guys with older kids, I'm sure that is huge too. Um, I'm sure I'm only going to continue to make mistakes. So uh, then last, moms just don't give up. There are days when you feel like a broken record, like you've corrected the same thing over and over and you're just tired. But this is where diligence is so important. Swindoll says on page 43, as parents, we will often tire of the conflict. Nevertheless, we must remain consistent as we establish boundaries and maintain them with the rod and reproof. And page 61, he says, what was wrong and deserved a spanking yesterday needs to be considered wrong today and punishment must follow even when you're tired, even when you've dealt with the same disobedience several times before on the same day. And I'm sure this only gets harder as your children grow and you have to find different methods of discipline. Um, 
but the same principles of diligence and love apply no matter what season you're in with your children. And I just want to encourage you guys, you can flip here if you want, you don't have to, but Galatians 6, 7 through 9. I want to just let this be an encouragement to you moms. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will all, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Do not lose heart, moms. This is a promise for all of us, whether you have newborns, teenagers, adult children, grandchildren. Um, this is a promise and an encouragement for all of us. We are all doing good work, hard work, daily work, but each conversation with our children, each opportunity to look them in the eyes and instruct them in righteousness, each time we need to lovingly discipline them is a chance to sow to the spirit in our kids' lives. And God has promised we will see fruit from our labor. So let's jump back to Hebrews 12. And we're going to pick up in verse 7. So Hebrews 12, verse 7, and we're going to read down to verse 11. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us, as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward it yields to yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And here's the contrast between earthly fathers and mothers and our heavenly father. We will make mistakes with our children in this process of correcting and disciplining them and raising them in the Lord. But every time God chastens us, it is truly for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. And I want to look at verse 9. The contrast this draws is so beautiful to me. Human fathers and mothers, we are parents of the physical frames of our children, but we are not the parents of their spirits. Right now I have two small kids 
but many of you have preteens, teenagers, and adult children. If those kids are saved, you have to let their heavenly father be the father of their spirit. And that's something that's going to take prayer and self-control, learning to let go of your kids as they grow in that area. They have to learn to obey him, to recognize now when he is chastening them. And that process will take time. Be patient with them. Pray for them. And continue to point them to Jesus as you have opportunity. And teach them about this verse. I don't think I knew really about this verse until I remember my dad sat down with me when I was a young adult. And he talked to me about this. He said, you know, your whole life, your mom and I have taken care of your physical frame. We've fed you. We've clothed you. We've taken you to the doctor. We've taken care of your physical needs. But now your heavenly father, he's the father of your spirit. And you have to let him be your father. You know, not in the sense that my dad's not my dad anymore, but just I, I think I really respected that he took the time to tell me that, you know, because that helped me to more pursue and cultivate my relationship with the Lord. So I think that's just a sweet thing. Share that with your kids, you know, make them realize the personal relationship that God wants to have with them. Um, and I want to encourage you guys because I was blessed with godly parents who took the time to get to know me, who disciplined me diligently and early in a loving way. They weren't perfect. My sister's here to testify of that. Um, but I definitely grew up in a healthy, with a healthy fear of them. And I think when I was probably about in college, I realized how growing up that way helped me learn to fear the Lord and to walk in obedience to him, where it was, it was almost like a natural transition, you know, because I was used to doing that with my parents already. So this discipline, this groundwork we're doing in the little ones, you know, is going to produce, like, I'm living proof. <laughs> it produces what God promises it produces down the line. Um, so, look, I only have seven years of parenting experience. I feel like I am fumbling through this process, constantly praying, constantly feeling like you hit like you're in a groove with your kid and then you feel like you're losing it again and you don't know who they are and you're praying again and seeking the Lord. And, um, but again, like I, let me encourage you guys, like I am standing here in front of you as living proof of godly parenting. I can't speak for many years of parenting experience personally, but I'm 32 years old and I have been raised by godly parents who took the time to do these things in my life. Um, as I was growing up, they took the time to talk with me, 
to discipline me when it was necessary. They took the time to get to know who I was um, and to talk with me and pray with me and point me to Jesus through all the seasons of my life. And you guys have the opportunity to do that in your kids' lives. And that's going to make an impact that is, you, you can't put it into words, you know. And I wasn't a perfect kid either. <laughs> One of my sister's favorite stories about me when I was a teenager is that I told my parents that I wish they would let me learn the hard way. <laughs> so I was a regular teenage kid. Um, but be encouraged, you know, uh, again, Galatians 6, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Um, and then if there's anyone here tonight who you're, you're like, this is all over my head, like Heavenly Father, God is my Father, I have no idea what you're talking about, I've never experienced that. I just want to say, if, if you don't know him as your Heavenly Father, if you're not sure, you can make sure of it tonight. Galatians 3.26 says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. We're all children of God or we're children of the devil. There's a scripture that says that. God, as we've seen, is a perfect, loving father who disciplines his children diligently early, but it yields fruit to life. Satan, what does he do? He spoils people. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. He'll give you whatever you want so that you'll, you'll die. You know, the things that Satan gives lead to death. So if you haven't, I'm sure most of you in here tonight know the Lord, but if there's any chance that anyone doesn't, please put your faith in Jesus tonight so you can become a child of God. And if any of you want to do that, grab one of us tonight. With, I'll put my name tag on, but there's a bunch of us with name tags on that are going to help in the groups, and you can grab anybody, pray with us. Um, but we're going to break up into groups. Do I need to say anything else about that? Okay. Hmm? All right, let me pray real quick. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, um, thank you so much that we have your word. Um, what will we do without you, Lord? trying to raise kids in this world. And I just pray for all of the children represented in this room. Father, would you keep them? Lord, would they stay on your straight and narrow path? Lord, would they grow up and become men and women after your own heart? Lord, help us not to grow weary in doing good in the dailiness of this job as moms. Lord, encourage and strengthen everyone in this room tonight. Lord, bless these groups, our discussion time, our prayer time. Lord, we thank you and we pray in your name. Amen.